Greetings programs, welcome to Animatronic, the podcast talking about episodes of Disney's animated television show, Tron Uprising. My name is Duncan Shields, host of Tronologically Speaking, the movie-by-minute podcast talking about 1982's movie, Tron. And I'm Courtney Coulson, reviewing Tron Legacy one minute at a time on Legacy Minute. Episode. Four. So here we are with Tron episode, Tron Uprising episode four. Did you, uh, do you have a recap handy for that one? So this is called Blackout. Beck must mm-hmm. destroy an energy drill before its destructive power destabilizes the grid and threatens Argon City. A feat made more difficult as a light cycle races, a race cuts through the danger zone. The danger zone? <laughs> oh no, the big race. That seems like a very, a very, you know, Reflecting on it now, that seems like a very 1950s kind of storyline, you know. <laughs> he's in over his head. What do you mean he's in over his head? He's taking his father's car to the big race, not the big race. You know, like it's, it's very good. E- so, Well, you know, the op- time is meaningless in the grid. So maybe it would be funny if there were these, what to us, terribly dated trends going on in the grid it's not this super cool futuristic place now they're all like i don't know uh trying to think of anything specific they're walking around what's up hepcats yeah uh, yeah yes oh especially 1950 slang oh yeah yeah for sure i could see that taken off in the grid or if there's a whole episode about them discovering jazz (laughs) or something like that you know or fake 1950s slang, like, uh, bringing this old meme back, Russell my jimmies. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm, you know, I'm wondering, I think salty is 1950s slang that got resurrected, but it might not be, huh. but it feels like it is to me. Like, someone being salty about something uh, sounds like something that a grandmother would say, like, oh, there's no need to get salty, you know, like it. True, and yet I can also hear a 16-year-old saying it as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, right? So, I love it. Salt, then, salty and thirsty those are my two i love i love those those newfangled great. sayings thirsty's awesome <laughs> and uh cool seems to just never have gone away you know yeah like i might say something is dope or something else these days but i will cool it's just it's fine it will work forever and ever yeah and i think there's another interesting thing that happened with uh awesome where mm. awesome was completely 80s and then it got commodified by the advertisers and then it became uncool and then it went away and then people started saying it ironically yeah and then it became an actual thing again <laughs> now yeah like i do can... remember in the early 2000s more like awesome like you're just being an asshole but then we yeah. stopped doing that <laughs> and then it's just that. it's just a word now so i thought that was kind of cool the way it boomeranged back i wonder if there's like a, a, a like a, a term for that like a like a oh, yeah. actual there's always a word for everything, and that's I love that. Right, yeah. uh, rad, rad came back in a big bad way. Was not expecting that. Oh really? Yeah, I guess it did, didn't it? That's I, still, I definitely find was, myself saying that. That's rad. The hella rad. Uh, I like hella. Hella came a, has come and gone many times. I like hella. Hella's a good one. Yes. There was a friend of mine who went to um, California when hella was just starting. And uh, she'd never heard it before. And somebody told her, don't swim out too far because there's hella sharks out there. And so she thought a hella shark was a type of shark. <laughs> <laughs> right. So. But anyway, 
big rec. This is the, the, the we open up with a big recognizer coming in for a landing and hella recognizer. Uh, yeah, hella huge recognizer <laughs> coming in for a landing. And I do love this vehicle update, like in case we haven't touched on that yet. Like this, a very few vehicles that survived from like beside the light cycle uh there's not much that else that made it into legacy besides the recognizers i love it's the not, I weight of this as it comes down yeah it feels like an atat or at uh, you know, yeah just, ah good this huge monolithic vehicle that's just this giant and the way it comes down is you're like i nobody better be under there like it's got a real like it's a building settling down to the ground and i and i just uh i love it i don't think anyone would enjoy watching cartoons with me or animated features uh because i am one of those artists who notices all these beautiful little details and i go back and watch it a few times oh the weight on that oh the motion (laughs) well me too it's a as an animator it's definitely an occupational hazard where the the sweep of that arm was incredible people okay just chill out it's it's okay (laughs) and then me we're watching it the costume designer there's also that double thing of they got the drape perfect yes yeah yeah that was one thing that caused me perpetual pain watching the dc animated shows well especially after batman the animated series when the budget went down significantly just suits look awful it doesn't look like a suit it just kind of looks like a shirt that they've painted on i don't (laughs) yeah yeah, it's a shame when uh, when that when that starts to go out the window and starts to slide. For people that have the eye for that kind of detail, it's mm. it's like a knife in your heart. You can't go really forward. Is. But uh, speaking of costumes, I love this hybrid of the guard look because in Legacy, they don't look like that. They don't have the big no. ass shoulders and just oh, beautiful. Um, no, they yeah. just look like every other Tron character. <laughs> yeah i like that they all have like there's a scene where they're about to go into the the main arena fight in uh in legacy where there's they come up and there's clue and there's his sort of second in command i guess the kind of weedly little guy and then there's so there's like sort of five people that come up on the elevator into the arena and every single one of them is different even though two of them have helmets and they're obviously just guards. Mm. I love that they're not they're not exactly carbon copies of each other. They're definitely from the same universe and a lot of them look similar, but they're not exactly the same, right? And that's uh that's something that we see here because I like I like these guards too and I like I think they they did their best to try to update them and make them look cool because really their design is you know, I don't want to call it hilarious, but back in 19, 1982, when you're watching this, you're like, uh, those are obviously hockey gloves. Yeah. <laughs> and that is that is a respirator of some kind. It, it kind of comes to, and there's like, they're just wearing tights. Whereas this, this is like, all silhouette. So the emphasis yeah. on the shoulder and the head like that is very effective. It's, they're like, they look like the juggernaut, basically. In, in yeah. Yeah. They've got some. They, I mean, they still get taken down with a with one kick to the jaw or whatever. But they, they've got you know they've got they look powerful. They look mm. like oh okay, those are the tanks. Yeah, the tank people don't mess with those, right? So, but I do I do like it. I'm I, I'm I'm sorry they didn't try to adapt it for Legacy, but I understand why they just threw it out. <laughs> They're just like no, we're not going there. We're not going to do that this time. And see. the one of the guards actually talks. I like when the I don't know, 
it, well, in most shows, I call them cannon fodder. I guess they're still cannon fodder in this show. Yeah. I, I like when they actually have a personality and an identity, not just, oh, they're just background characters. Yeah, yeah. Well, here well, we see prisoners being loaded on to the, to the recognizer, and Beck's watching in his white Tron poster costume, and then he waits until the, the recognizer leaves and jumps off the top of the building, busting out a glider. Mm. And I don't know, like this is, this is something that, do you think, can one wand be many things depending on what's stored on it? Or do you think there's just specifically like bike wands, boat wands, quad maybe wands? Maybe it's like a hard, it's like an external hard drive. You can, like different sizes. So yeah, maybe you can fit more than one thing in there. Right. Or do you think like uh, you could fit a tank or like a recognizer on a wand? I mean, there are amphibious tanks. So like, what does that count as? Is it a boat? Is it a tank? Is it both? Hmm. Would you be able to store it on a wand? Like, I think, is there a size limit? Like, you can have a motorcycle on a wand, mm. but could you have a, an entire recognizer? Or could you split a huge vehicle up amongst, like, five wands? Yeah. So that each person would have a fifth of it, and they could only create it when they got together, like a like a Voltron, like a Voltron-style <laughs> maybe... giant, you know, Tron. Yeah, like... So maybe batons that have that kind of room to have more than one uh, vehicle in it, those are harder to come by if there is some kind of scarcity sure. in this world. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, I could see that being a, a custom a custom thing that only like adept programmers can sort of finagle the space to get a few things on it. Or there could be like a really, like, man, come to think of it, if you talk about mythical quests, you got to go find a magic sword right like in this universe you could probably go find like a baton that has like 50 things on it yeah like you don't you don't even know like stuff from the future and the past and just a, a myriad of stuff on it that and there's no instruction manual that would be a fantastic uh storyline to it's have. like ben 10 but in tron yeah definitely exactly oh. yeah yeah it's like putting doom on the most absurdly tiny <laughs> what, yeah. whatever interfaces that you can find. Uh, there was Doom on a pregnancy test. I was very impressed by it. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right, because <laughs> it just takes up no space now. I saw that. It was pretty good. Amazing. Um, so he, he like, yeah, he, he does a big swoopy loop-de-loop in front of the recognizer and then uh, turns off his ship, throws his disc through the windshield, and then smashes through the windshield, which is super awesome. Mm. So such a cool rescue. But like you said, yeah, the guards go down super easy by a, by a, a quippy Beck. Even though Beck has no padding or armor, the guards are just like, ooh, oh, I'm knocked out. Yeah, you <laughs> so see the, the, the white Tron armor uh, it like gives you like 20 plus strength. And, it uh, must, it yeah, must. One hit kill, yeah. There you go, there you go. 360 That's no scope. <laughs> 360 no scope, insta-gib, right? <laughs> Uh, um, but then, we don't yeah, actually know the... when this takes place. I mean, the continuity, well, not continuity, but timeline of Tron is very unclear. So the idea that these costumes do evolve yeah. by the time we get to Tron Legacy, they just look like every other Tron costume. Yeah, I guess I could buy that. Yeah, I think I think that's something. Maybe the fact that they have like zero peripheral vision, yes. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, kind of hard to to be a guard when you've just got a tiny little cave periscope on the front of your uniform. That reminds but, me, why the hell in Assassin's Creed? Who designed those Assassin's Creed costumes? Because I'm going to tell you right now, hoods real bad for peripheral vision and running yeah. and literally yeah. anything. <laughs> Hearing, right? You can't, you can't, yeah. 
I remember the first time I got like a raincoat. I, well, not the first time I got a raincoat. The, the raincoat I have now, it has this hood on it and it's a, you know, it's a waterproof fabric. So there's not, it's not, not a lot of sound washes through it. Right. Mm. You know, it also keeps the sound out. So I had it up and my whole head was covered and I coughed and I nearly like, Definitely just I, I, yeah, I was like, oh my God, whoa, geez. This suddenly I had this like, you know, 400 decibel cough, just cough. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Cause like I sneezed became, like, in this. a Mandalorian helmet once. <laughs> oh man. Way worse. Oh, man. <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Something you don't want to do. Yep. And especially the visor's right there and I had to clean it. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, geez. Oh no. Double screwed myself. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be so nice to wanna... see more of because this is the bridge, as we always say. It's the bridge between Tron and Legacy. To yeah. have seen more of those hangovers from Tron, I wish there was more of that. Yeah, that's uh, one thing they went into in that uh, the corridor crew talking, trying to recreate the effects from Tron. I think we we touched on that last time. Was they said that if they do a a sequel, that they should have more echoes of the first one in mm-hmm. it just because the design sense was so strong the color was so much more vibrant and varied and there's just a lot there to play with you know yeah i'm also noticing that with star trek is the obligatory star trek reference of the episode you're welcome um there it is <laughs> yeah that we've sort of come full circle again we want to go back to those bright bold colors you know with the jj yeah. abrams movies discovery Whereas for a long time during the 90s, I mean, I do love the the TNG and the, the uh, well, I guess you'd say DS9 movie era yeah. costumes. I think those are all great, but it seems like we went from bright and bold and then very muted, and then we're coming back to bright and bold again. Yeah, yeah. It's like the, the, the sort of 60s, and then I think everything kind of turned emo, and I think it was a... <laughs> A, a, a design sense that kind of permeated everything. Suddenly everything was like charcoal and washes and grays. And even in the eighties, there was like a war between the two. Mm. You had like fluorescence and all this really bright colors, but you also just had like chrome and black and white and beige and a lot of, a lot of that cream, you know, a lot of that too. You so had Knight Rider like, and you had Miami Vice basically. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So no middle ground, no middle ground. But then one of the guards that's lying on the ground says that uh, he's the one that killed Beck's friend, Bodhi. Oh, my. Son Which of bitch. I... <laughs> what? Son of bitch. Works. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. You son of a bitch. Yeah. I don't know it... when that started. I just started dropping words from sentences. That I like one it. of them. Yeah. I like it. Spread it around, then, guys. Which... Uh, which made me go like, wow, this guard has a really good memory. Like that happened a while ago. And the guard knows who this guy is with a mask on and that his friend's name was Bodhi. Like, I'm like, wait a second. Yeah, this, this guy, guy takes his job really seriously. It's just... You're you're devoted. Yeah. But... Dear diary, today I killed another <laughs> program. His name was Bodhi and he had his a name was Bodhi. skunk hair and his best friend was this boy. And he drew a picture Vic- of Mac. Victim number 38. <laughs> Well, uh, and then while Beck is distracted, the other guard grabs Beck's disc off of his back and gets Beck square in the chest, saying, "You're derezzed," and uh, like really gets him like right in the chest. Yeah. So Cut he's dead. That's the end of the episode. Beck just died, and then uh, but then 
Yeah, then uh, Tron has to go find a new apprentice. So, uh... <laughs> well, that's kind of that's kind of what I was like. Then, then we cut to the opening credits, and then, I would absolutely oh, do that. It I was would... all a simulation in Tron's holodeck danger room thing, <laughs> and uh, and so, but I really wanted them to sort of touch. Yeah, like it would be great if it was just Tron finding possible slayers or champions, and then like. One by one, they all get killed. And he's like, oh, well, back to the drawing board. Yeah, I want him to be the Kenny of the grid. And just (laughs) every few episodes he dies. Yes. Yeah. So we get, uh, yeah, so it's it's just a a training simulation. And uh, Tron is a hard taskmaster. And we get that it's really hard for Beck to train in secrecy, seeing as he has, like, a job. And so like was it Tron friends. voicing that god, do you think? Or... I'd have to go back and listen to it, but uh, maybe it was. Or I just think, because it's suspicious that the guard knew that Beck's friend was named Bodhi. So it, yeah, it, I think Tron was probably that... controlling the dialogue there, going, here's something that's going to push some buttons. Yeah, this is going to distract him and, and get him off guard, and that's, that's, what a tr- that's what a guard would want to do. So. Mm. So Although I still want to uh, go with my theory that this this simulation yeah, of a just... simulation character takes his job very seriously. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I like that. I think that's a really good one. Well, I'm but getting then, into an uh, existential crisis here. I mean, that's what Tron does, generally speaking. But um, yeah. just that idea of, hang on, this is a simulation within a simulation. It's like that episode of Rick and Morty where there's mm. like this little tiny world that powers his battery. And then within yeah. that tiny world, there's another tiny world. It's just... But what is real? Yeah, that's right. It's turtles all the way down. You can't. Uh, yeah, I like that idea. The way you call it, Matryoshka dolls. Like Man, what? So what if like Cora comes into the real world and she play? She can't play video games because she finds it too upsetting. It's like you want me to kill uh, people? No, they're just virtual. Oh, hang on. Uh, I see. I see the problem. Yeah. Oh, wait a second. I get it now. Yes, yeah. that would that would be really cool if she like has to shun video games because she's like, you don't understand. <laughs> But then to her, she's like the, what are the, the creatures in Galaxy Quest? Like, you know, TV isn't real, right? Gilligan's Island wasn't <laughs> real. Oh, those poor people. <laughs> <laughs> God, this is a great movie. Yeah, that was, a, that was a fun one. But then we see that the city has a mysterious blackout. And uh, it's been happening for a while now, mysterious blackouts. So we get to see Beck arguing with his uh, boss, Abel, for time off for more training. And then there's more brownout blackouts. And it's interesting to me because this is another touch of Elijah Wood. He even sounds gentle and kind and calm. Hmm. You know, like his, his, his the timbre of his voice. Like it's not only the fact that when I hear him, I picture his like, you know, cute little hobbit face. You know, <laughs> like his... Uh, I, he even sounds like it though. He's got this really chipper, genial voice. And he's it, a sweet boy. He's a sweet boy, and it kind of, but it kind of ruins the warrior vibe. Like I get, I like the idea. I can, I can roll with him being a, a mechanic in the middle of nowhere who's chosen for destiny. But in in a lot of the fight sequences and a lot of the sequences where he's supposed to be angry, I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not really buying it. Which is, mm. it's 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 a shame, right? Because I think they cast him for his name. And uh, he does a good job, but it's it's kind of, I don't think it quite fits the character. I don't know. It kind of shows he's a little bit out of his depth. And it does. What I like is that he can walk that line of uh, sort of youthful and immature, but also being quite mature. And well, in a few moments, we get to 
the conversation with Zed, and Zed's a character that very much kind of defers to Beck's authority. He is kind of the big brother there. But yeah. then you see Beck with Tron, and that dynamic totally shifts. So I think in that sense, oh, yeah. casting someone who has a voice that can kind of walk that line between the two was quite clever. Yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see how that would work like that. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, it's not awful. It's just there's just parts of it that I'm like, oh, yeah, he's just soft and gentle and calm even yeah. when he's trying to sort of but it's cool that he also comes across as uh centered and smart mm. you know and not just uh you know prone to rabid outbursts you know or something like that yeah i think he does have that quality well i mean that's why tron obviously recruited him is just yes this this kid does he's not just all all gas no breaks like there is a bit of thought that there's a bit of maturity yeah. there and he has a conscious he has a conscience like i like when we meet tron in 1982 he's like a murderer <laughs> you know he's just like yeah give me some more of your warriors to execute i don't care every day he's killing people in the games and he's just like because he's like a missionary he's like a zealot he just believes in his path and the power of the users he's okay with murdering hundreds and hundreds of people so you know and even in this in this cartoon he's kind of the same way he's a real extremist and beck is kind of the foil to that in a lot of ways where he's kind of oh like, well, yeah i never thought of that before because yeah tron comes from a very different grid with very different rules and yeah he's killed lots of people there are people and yeah. so he moves to this grid where, well, I'm assuming for a long time there was no need for any of that kind of violence. There probably wasn't any of those sort of grid battles even, maybe. Or, well, if Flynn is still around, maybe those games are just that, they're games. And then mm. Clue gets in charge and, well, things become a bit more murderous again. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, who knows, right? But then we uh, we get to the we get. To I'm the just going to write some Tron fan fiction. I think get all <laughs> yeah, the yeah. If you'll excuse me, I must as well. Let me crack my knuckles here and get to work. <laughs> Chapter one it was a rainy day on the grid. <laughs> because it could the, be uh, rainy now because this was a second version okay. of the grid. Because you see that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> In brackets. This was the legacy universe. <laughs> yeah. I love when fanfic authors feel the need to explain shit like that. Yeah, for sure. Really overtly, not just like you know, give us some hints. Just in brackets, this is Tron Legacy. I, I could have figured that out. Thanks. Yeah, thank <laughs> but so we get to see that, uh, like, so yeah, Beck's arguing with Abel, but then Beck is, looks for his, like Abel says, if you can get someone to cover your shift, that'd be great. So he goes to look for Zed to cover his shift, but then we find Zed in an alley. Uh, dumbass that he is he's making a, a shady deal with shady characters so it's like of course he is like you just it's like you can't have a plot without one dumbass in the group making plainly awful decisions i guess you know <laughs> it's just when does he stop when does he stop doing all this stupid shit right like so what do we got here? So the programs he's talking to are really cool, though. They've got, like, one thing that's interesting is they both have yellow armbands on with, uh, mm. like, chevrons on them. And they're not like the ISO armbands, but they are definitely armbands, and they're identical, even though the programs themselves are, are, are different from each other. One of them's kind of a a, a, a rat-faced, sneaky-looking guy. And, Emo and, boy. 
emo boy yeah he's got a, he's got a lot shock of black hair falling over his forehead and big giant starey eyes and then the other guy's more austere and tall and he's got some really sharp angles to his face runway model look. yeah runway model he looks really <laughs> really cool uh but it turns out he's entered the argon race <laughs> which uh because of the changes of the new regime and architecture, the Argon race is now taking place in underground tunnels outside the city. It's pretty dope. Uh, which is pretty dope. When we get into that aspect of the episode, it's so cool. Now but these you guys, just, is... you'd think Zed would get to a point of like, especially after the whole deal with Pearl, you know, meeting these new people and they're like, oh, we'll get get you involved in some shady stuff. And he's probably not nothing in the back of his mind going, maybe I shouldn't do this. <laughs> right he well i guess in that way he is like a computer program like his programming is like must impress mara like, yeah you've tried but you've tried this 30 times he's like uh the main character in memento right he's yes like you found your wife's killer three years ago but you just forgot and so we keep sending you out to kill people because <laughs> you're just a useful tool to us now you know and and i think it's kind of the same here he's just like you know every time you do this it does not end well what mm-hmm. are you doing what are you doing so and we find out that the guys he was talking to were named bartik and hopper which are uh two more uncomputery names oh isn't bartik in legacy i swear he was oh really oh he Hang might on. be you, you you'd know you doing your deep dive you you would know more than that yeah yeah so he's the one with a scar on his face and he shows up uh, no way! The club being like, "Oh, I'm looking for Zeus or whatever," and he gets turned away. Yeah, that was Bartek. And every time oh. I, I look at him, I think, "Wow, that guy is so much more interesting than Sam Flynn." It would have been great <laughs> if we had a story about that guy. Yeah, for sure. There's a few characters like that. We're like, "Uh, can we just take the camera off Sam for a second and just yeah, follow that just, person for a while?" Go a little bit to the left, please. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That that's a character from Legacy, though. That's right on. That's really hmm. cool. But then uh, Zed is really confident about his chances. And so he reses up the custom bike that he's made to show to show Beck. And it's a very sweet ride with a nine on the side. And he says it's 30% faster than anything else ever because of its overdrive, which to me sounds like, A, wow, you just whipped this up. You're really hmm. talented. 30% faster than anything. And then also it sounds like that's too much bike for you, Zed. That's, yeah. You're going to ignite the turbo boost and then you're going to fishtail and it's going to be bad news for you. So, Which kind of reminds me of the end of Pulp Fiction, right? This guy's character's name is Zed. Like Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a chopper. It's a light bike. Honestly, how has he survived this bike. long? I don't know. Me too. Maybe before this, maybe it was Bodhi's death that really sent him over the edge. Maybe. I'm done playing it safe, Mara. I'm a, I'm a loner. Yeah. I'm a loner, Mara. A rebel. <laughs> You'll see. God, I've got I can, a dark side. I can so imagine him saying that. Oh, and it's funny because Paul Rubens is, uh, well, he's doing the voice of Pavel with... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm a loner, daddy. A rebel. That's funny. Uh, so, so yeah. So we my Pee Wee impression just always veers into uh, freaking uh, Pinky, <laughs> Pinky in the brain. Oh yeah. No, it's kind of the same thing, really. It's very similar. It's very similar. 
there's a similar vocal range going on there. But we get uh, more blackouts, and then Zed does take Beck's shift as Beck zooms off. And we turn turns out that Tesla, the reason for the blackouts is that Tesla is mining energy. And his huge drill was causing the blackouts. And I'm like, is he Bitcoin mining? Is he like, you know, speaking of which, I wonder how they'll address, if they will address anything like that, like Bitcoins and stuff like that, if they'll ever address that in a sequel. But I wonder, like, so Tesla's mining energy. And I'm like, why? Why is he mining energy? I guess it's just you need energy. Okay, well there you go. I guess it's not that big of a mystery, but but uh, that's something I would love for Tron to get back to is the more literal allegories for real world stuff. So yeah, yeah actual Bitcoin programs. Yeah, in a system, oh, he could have like an actual Bitcoin walking around. Yeah, <laughs> a recently minted Bitcoin. Hello, fellow programs. That would be funny. I mean, the next episode is going to be about uh, identity theft and data security, so... Yeah, but I really, uh, I like, but we were talking earlier about the blackouts. Like, what are what are blackouts in this world? Because I know that energy is like a currency and he's, he's mining energy, but like, yeah, like, what are, what are blackouts on the grid, I wonder? Because assuming there's just a steady supply of energy coming from the outside, the real world... So everything should be running sure. fine. Yeah. But uh, is there... I can't wrap my brain around this. They've, they're generating energy within a system that's already got electricity flowing through it. I do... <laughs> yeah. It's a cartoon. I think there there is a point where you just kind of have to say, okay, <laughs> you know, whatever. I think it's maybe like an arbitrary system created to... I, I guess Flynn is well more of a cruel god than we imagined that he's just creating <laughs> this system of oh you have to earn or create this energy and if you don't oh you're just you're screwed and i this, mean yeah sure. that's the thing this is the world that he created right yeah so this is less of a a happenstance thing this is like what he actually created so that's yeah that's different yeah because I, I can't imagine clue just going in and changing that at least he could yeah. How much power does yeah. he have? Ooh, I don't know. Well, we uh, we do find out that that's uh, but that's what's causing the blackouts, and we find out that Paige stopped the drill because mm. the blackouts. Oh, actually, sorry, I just oh, had okay. a thought. If there were a, a, like a real world blackout, yeah, and then seeing how the grid would be affected because of that, so things just glitch out and programs just disappear, that would be really interesting. I think a blackout in the real world would just turn off the whole world unless it was hooked up to a backup generator. That would be a, that would be a cool story if they if they detect the switch, like the whole world turns like a lighter pink or something, mm. and they're like, "What's that?" And it turns out their entire existence has switched over to auxiliary power, and they have <laughs> a couple hours left before the battery dies out unless the power oh, comes yeah. back on in the city. Well, see, what I was thinking was that time runs at, I think it's like a tenth of the speed it's, our time runs yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. So two hours to them would be whatever, years. So like, you know, if if the power is fluctuating and flickering to us, what is that like for them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't be a flicker at all, right? It would just be like a slow ramp down. It'd be like a day yeah. of ramping down and then a day of ramping back up for a flicker. Night mode, uh, day mode, night mode, day mode. <laughs> For once, they have a normal 
circadian cycle. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that would be wild. But uh, but then we find out, yeah, Paige stopped the drill because she was nice and didn't want to cause casualties to everybody because she figured the drill was causing the uh, the blackouts. But Tesla's yes, this like, episode we learned that Paige isn't so bad. Maybe Paige has a heart. Paige hmm. uh, actually does think a little bit about other people, and uh, Tesla's like, I don't care. Start it again, and then uh, <laughs> so, uh, but she starts it up, and then Tesla puts Pavel in charge anyway. So they're they're doing their they're jockeying lieutenants for power thing again where they're like ha 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 he likes me better so that's good for that just to you know underline that relationship and though but then tron is saying the the cuss to tron and beck are looking at the drill and apparently the drill's gonna hit a massive reservoir of energy that will explode argon city but tesla's too greedy to stop so tron gives beck a like a timed grenade device that will cause the drill to overload and the only way to get to it is through the tunnels oh no the tunnels that, which we've that, never seen before the, ex- the exploding drill that's where the argon race is going to take place the tunnels look really cool oh by they look the way. so cool so cool they're the coolest looks like a lot of fun because i well when it comes to designing underground spaces uh i I really wasn't expecting much because they all tend to look kind of the same but this is it's so minimalist but it's so effective and that's the that's the secret of this whole world right if you can really tap into that design sense where you've got a minimalist aesthetic but still really cool and you and different from each other but still really simple it's uh and they really they nail that here with these underground tunnels i'm like i want to race in these tunnels i want to take a light bike down through these tunnels I can't compare it to anything else. It's, and yet it's not anything dramatically different. No, they're just racing through concrete tubes or you know, like you know, sewer tubes kind of thing. But you know, I've sort of I've seen a lot of sewer chases. I've seen you know those um, like half half pipe concrete paths that go down the sides of a mountain, and you can sort mm. of ride a gravity cart down them, and you kind of kind of like a water slide with no water, and you're on a go kart. And you're just kind of like sliding down it. That's like uh, kind of like this, except it's a full 360, and you can and you're on a light bike, so you can go all the way around. I don't know. That'd be pretty awesome. And it's not like the sewers where it's it's probably stinky and it's wet and it's just yeah yeah no. exactly. It's, it's totally <laughs> ideal. No, it's uh, it's all good. But then we uh, Tron parkour is up to the drill. Gets discovered. Gets beat down. Has a fight with the guard. Uh, and like. I got to wondering, like, how can you be a detective in this uh, in this world if all the bodies of people that actually die just disappear, right? Oh yeah, because that's something that they don't they haven't really gotten into yet. I think they get into it in later episodes, but it was kind of like if you if you if someone's damaged, you might be able to hunt down an assailant, but if they're just gone, then well, you know, data isn't ever fully erased; it's just deleted. True. But you just gotta. <laughs> I'm sure there's some sort of trace patterns that'll that could be recognized or something well and sometimes an identity disc is left behind for some reason as what's that the... sometimes the identity disc is left behind yeah for some yeah reason. sometimes it isn't and, and sometimes it isn't so I, that's a when it's narratively important or when it provides a nice moment you'll get an identity disc rolling around we'll see uh let's see i wonder if you can 
have like five people hooked up to like one identity disc where you all sort of take turns wearing it. No, that's that's ridiculous. Probably not. Mm. <laughs> so, but then we see uh, John manages to get away from the guard and set the bomb. Wait, is that what a VPN is in, in uh, the greatest? Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. That'd be exactly what it is. So we see this. That is huge... what this podcast is about, solving all the mysteries of the grid. <laughs> that would be great. So we see this, uh, Tron sees this, I mean, sorry, Beck sees this huge green beam shooting into the sky. And that's the symbol for the beginning of the Argon race. And for a second, I was wondering, what color does Argon turn inside a neon tube? I thought maybe it would turn this color of turquoise or the green or whatever, but it's, uh, no, Argon, Argon is more of a violet or a purple. Hmm. So then we cut to the race and we get to see the cool race and there's a there's a, a siren at the beginning holding up the the shaft of light. She's got the shaft of light up above her head and she's the one that's counting down for the beginning to the to the race. And then we see the racers that are going to happen and again it's really really strong design on these characters. There's like different so, hearts. Uh is that the job of every gem is just to oversee any kind of sporting or competitive event well and i'm wondering like are they sentient you know Hmm. like what what are they because like in in legacy they got words of advice but they're way more robotic than anybody else and this is no different yeah it's also the same thing with uh the the trisha helfer voice that we hear around the place it's like the voice of the grid they don't interact with it as if it was another artificial intelligence so yeah yeah that would be interesting if some programs are more sentient than others like it would make sense but we don't really see that ladder represented more so than just the sirens like are the sirens an underclass are they just, or is that just their voice? I, I, I'm not really sure. Do they just get de-rezzed and rezzed as they're needed? It's, uh, hmm. I don't know, because they seem to have, like in Legacy, one's, one meets uh, one of the characters like clandestinely, right? And, and helps him out. And so that's kind of like, was she off work? You know, like what's, hmm. what's what, what are they? It's, it'd be an interesting thing to get into. I love the fact that they're, yeah. Uh, white though i like the fact that you've, you've, there's this tonality that wasn't present in the 1982 version where you've got these like white programs and black programs and you can sort of mess things up that way mix things up that way i think that was uh that's really cool yeah i really like that and you can't go wrong with black and white you know it's, it's just this... pretty good yeah yeah and it's not uh, and, and how they don't go like the the you know the black programs or the bad programs and the white programs or the good programs they don't go there it's just these sirens are white for some reason i don't who knows <laughs> right i don't know what yeah. that means well maybe that's it doesn't the seem to be a them. particular class thing although okay so the, the the sirens and uh who else is white oh um caster slash zeus yeah so they're all like entertainment programs are all geared towards those sorts of roles maybe and then this one the renegade is white too right Hmm, but he's just a, well. And he's well, that's not a, a, more of a superhero costume that he's yeah, wearing. It's not his yeah, normal yeah. one. So. Yeah. Well, but then the original Tron costume was white, so it's a throwback to that. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Hard to say. Hard to say. But then we've got the we see the racers, and they begin. They got different heights, races, hairstyles, stances, genders, face structures. I love it. And then so Zed's two shady friends are in the mix along with Zed. 
had uh, Mara. It would have been fun if in the original Tron everyone was just played by the one actor. Yeah. Because just not bothering with all the diversity yet. Well, I was really wondering if they were going to do that at some point. Just have one actor play like all the guards or something. And I was kind of like, well, why not? They're all the <laughs> same guard program, you know? Why not? Yeah. So they go in and then um, Mara's in the, Mara's walking. Sorry, Mara's, Mara's watching the race and then the race starts. So one racer wipes out right at the start, which is, uh, which is cool. So there's just four of them left. And when the bike. His are... death scene made me feel kind of sad. I don't know why it was just like he, his design. He looks so miserable anyway, <laughs> just like that really pathetic face. And then yeah. he, he just, when he, 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 when he dies, he just screams in the most pathetic way. And just go, oh. Oh, does he? What, does he die, or does he just? I thought his, I thought he just wiped out. I don't know. He got wrecked in some way. Hang on, I just skipped past it. Oh, okay. Because uh, like right as they start, like he just like oh, thanks Disney Plus and just crashed to me. Oh, <laughs> why? Okay. Why though? Okay, there we go. Oh, you don't see. But who just? Yeah, he just, yeah, he just he wipes just out. Off. But yeah, poor thing. It was just oh. I think it right at the starting line. Yeah. I think it's because of the character design more than anything. Is everyone has this unique look, and he has just a sad look in yeah. his eyes. <laughs> yeah, he really does. He really does. And I like that all the bikes are all different colors yeah. and slightly different designs. You know, it's not like a green, red, orange, and then like a magenta. I think it was the teal guy that wiped out at the beginning, but but there. You oh, go. there's a shot just a little bit after, like about twelve minutes in. Uh, and it's just this wide shot of a uh, bridge inside the tunnel. And it is just the coolest thing. I should make that my wallpaper. I love it. Yeah, it's really cool. That's coming up in a bit. Yeah, when like Beck steals uh, sort of a quad bike off of the construction site. Mm. And it's super slow. Because you, can, you can't tell, but in the fight earlier, when he was blocking the guard's blow, uh, it broke his baton. Mm. So he doesn't have his uh, he doesn't have his his bike anymore, and so he has to like steal a, a quad bike, which is like half speed compared to the to the other racers. And so, but he's got to go down in the tunnels and somehow stop them. I think what we're going right? to find out in this podcast, and it's already been proven already, I'm very bad at following action. <laughs> oh no worries, no worries. That's why I've got these these notes here. At least there's two but people then, here. We cut, yeah exactly. when i'm doing so movies by a minute to... it's fine because i'm watching one minute 50 times over so it's not like i'm going to get confused totally totally and especially in this in this show with these episodes the action moves so quick and there's so much packed into one episode and my brain is very slow it's, uh, it's hard yeah when you're used to one minute it's a whole different it's a whole different yes. thing so we see that uh um his shady buddies are on the red bikes in the way in the race so red is still equal equally bad i imagine being colorblind in this obvious in this universe would be a real a real detriment it can be like this is my good friend like can't you see this is my new friend he's the best dude dude he's glowing red he's like the worst ah, he's not he's fine he's glowing like a what do you, i don't know what red would be to a I think so. Person. If you're red, green, colorblind, those both appear to be the same. But I don't know. Oh, okay. Because my dad was one of the rarer ones, so he couldn't see the difference between blue and purple, and then red and oh. purple, which is a weird thing. Right. 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 Uh, so then we see that uh, Paige 
finds the knocked out guard and learns that it was indeed back the renegade and so she's off in pursuit so now everybody's in the tunnels and Bartek and Hopper derez the pink bike and its uh, woman driver, the one woman in the race, with a, with a jet wall. Uh, now it's just them and Zed. And again, every single one of these characters has a unique design, so it's a lot easier to remember these little basic yeah. moments. And I think, even though I'm bad at following action, I do follow it quite well compared to most things because of that. Yeah, right? Because of that, it's good. It's good. So he, uh, but so now they're closing in on Zed, and they're going to take him out. But then Zed activates his light speed hyperdrive and just takes off way fast in front of them. But then he runs into this wall of rubble, and this is the this is the bridge that Beck blew up to block the race with rubble, and so that everybody will like the race will stop. And then he can tell them, turn back. You know, there's going to be a huge explosion with this drill. And this is, I mean, this is, this is wild to me. This is one of my favorite moments of the episode because he, Zed comes up and then Bartik and Hopper come up and they're all talking and looking at, uh, looking at Beck and Beck's like, there's going to be a big explosion. You guys got to get out of here. And Bartik and Hopper go, okay. And they leave. (laughs) I'm like, what? Okay. That's that's not what bad guys do. Bad guys are supposed to, you know, screw you, pig. And then they go ahead and then they get killed. And that's the, they're the fodder for the accident or whatever. I don't think I've ever seen this in a TV show where the minions are like, oh, that's good advice. Okay, bye. Yeah, I would have loved if like, they what? played it for more comedy of just, uh, oh, I, oh, you're going, okay. <laughs> that would have been a neat, a neat moment for, for Beck, for sure, to be like, yeah, wow, they left. Huh. <laughs> Did that work? <laughs> That'd be pretty wild. Uh, did we ever establish why... Uh, I'm going to call them the Shady Buddies now, because I like that. Um, yeah. yeah. Why they got the yellow armbands? I can't remember. Uh, well, they're part, Well, that comes up in the next Aries. episode. Uh, they're part of uh, you know, a crew, and that's like something they can wear mm. to be part of that crew. So, And that's something... Yeah, it's, it's a plot point in the next episode. So, uh, And then... But Paige is overhearing them she can hear them and uh and then she says okay thanks and leaves on her bike and then beck steals zed's bike and takes off in pursuit and as he hops on as as he steals zed's bike the green bike turns white as soon as beck is piloting it which is Mm -hmm. uh oh that's too bad i don't know again it seems unconscious it's not like he flicked a setting Although maybe he did. I don't know. Uh, yeah, because like the. Uh, well, we, that, that boat thing in the last episode. Yeah. That changed color. Yeah. So I guess it's just a yeah. thing when you gain access to a vehicle, it do that. Yeah, I guess so, right? So he. Uh, and then, which of course. <laughs> so <laughs> the shady buddies are gone. Paige is being pursued by Beck. And now here's a bikeless. <laughs> You know, bikeless abandoned Zed in the tunnels, just hanging out. Oh man, you know, k- kicking rocks in the tunnel. I'm like, man, kind of sucks to be Zed right here. <laughs> that won't affect him and his opinions of the Renegades at all. No, no way, no way. <laughs> he stole his cool bike. How far and into then, the uh, tunnels is he though? Like, how long is it going to take him for to walk out of there? Well, he, I would say a while, because he got. Uh, 
he kicked he really goosed his uh his cycle i was trapped in there for three days mara three days (laughs) (laughs) but like (laughs) this place is gonna explode soon right so i i I hope it doesn't i i do (coughs) i was really thinking that because he gets abandoned here it's going to be a plot point where the ticking clock will result in his death Mm. in some way and he'll need to be rescued good job uh, you met your friend thanks thanks back thanks back yeah, it's going to take two weeks to walk out, and this thing's going to blow up in half an hour. So, uh, run. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? So, the device uh, goes off, which disables the drill, and there's going to be a core meltdown in 30 seconds, says Trisha Helfer. Oh, yeah. And, I, just, uh, I just want to take the time to point out once more that uh, Paul Rubens is a great voice actor. <laughs> He's so good. He's so, He's so good. And I don't, when it, whenever, at least once an episode, I'm like, oh, yeah, right. That's Paul Rubin. Especially when he goes I, full I, on cackling villain is wonderful. Yeah. He doesn't do it here. Yeah. But this particular scene, I love when he's like, if it was really serious, then there would be a oh, countdown. Yep, the countdown starts. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's pretty. That's a pretty awesome moment. And so Beck is chasing uh, a jet walling page through the tunnels, doing like full loop de loops and stuff. It's so cool. Yeah. And they get to the they get to the drill just as it explodes. So then they're like, "Well, let's go the other way." And so now there, there's this big blue awesome mushroom cloud, and uh, and then Beck like razors the ground with his disc to cause a cave in to at least try to pause the blast wave. Uh, her bike is too slow. So Beck saves her on Zed's bike and then finally activates the overdrive. I don't know why he wasn't doing that before. And so they're both driving along now, uh, doubling on Zed's fast bike, but they're fighting because she's like, I don't need rescuing. And she's like punching him and he's like defending himself while trying to drive going, lady, look, we're going to get killed soon if you keep that up. And so they, they sort of. She snuggles in, and they uh, they drive out of the tunnel just in time. The but way it paid... collapses is really interesting, and I guess everything in this world had yeah. to be designed. So the way the walls start cracking in a certain way, and oh, uh, also Beck uses his disc to cut into the walls yeah. and create this kind of cave-in to slow down the explosion, and it's it's very very cleverly done. Very cleverly done and really, really well thought out. Like a lot of cartoons, I think, just kind of get, I don't know, and then they fight or something, mm. you know, like, but this is like, okay, but how do they fight? What tactic? Like every fight that has a new setting or a new arena, there's a tactic that gets used by the people that are fighting or, you know, in a contest. And I just love that. They really take the time to like, what, what new thing can we do here? Yeah. Action is incredibly difficult to write. And I mean, I do a bit of writing myself and I'm not interested in writing action, but it's something I should try to get better at. But yeah, I've noticed in shows when they really do put the effort in and they're telling story through action, that's when you you really sit up and pay attention and go, Oh, this is so cool. I feel like I'm 10 years old again. This is sick. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. You're like, Oh man. Here we go! It's uh, it really is. I was thinking that little kid in The Incredibles, out. where uh, uh, Mr. Incredible smashes up his car, and then the little neighbor kid's like, "That was so totally awesome!" <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's yeah. what this scene makes me feel. Right on. So uh, Pavel sees the explosion, and so he's like, "Oh, Paige is dead. 
and so is the renegade so he walks right up to tesla right away and is like yep i killed the renegade and uh, uh page failed but she's dead too so anyway <laughs> i want all the credit he's and pulling page a stoscreen <laughs> yeah totally and then uh and then page walks in and uh, he's like oh oh hi oh jeez oh, oh you're alive uh, so, <laughs> you're alive oh thank god <laughs> you know it's, He's so he's so sleazy and skeezy and and yeah, like you said, Paul Rubens just does a fantastic job. It's really it's really really cool. Pavel might be my favorite character. He's just a lot of fun. Yeah, he's pretty over the top, but he's pretty hilarious, and uh, yeah, I like him. So then Beck sees Zed at Abel's shop later, and I guess Zed walked out. Maybe he had a backup bike in his in his. It is a boot or something. I don't know. Maybe found an opening at... somewhere in the roof. Yeah, maybe there's an offshoot tunnel that he got out of. But he just uh, he's just at the shop later. So, and then uh, what do we got? We got Hopper and Batik show up with Paige at Abel's shop to ask Zed if he wants to join the team that's been hunting the Renegade because Zed's got that fast bike technology and. Uh, Zed doesn't like that bike stealing renegade. Mm. And so he says, yes, absolutely. Is this the first time I've actually had any genuine character development with Zed where he's, I mean, okay. It's still an attractive woman making a very bad proposition for him and him saying yes, but now he actually has a motivation. (laughs) Yeah. Now he's got a reason to dislike the renegade. He's not just randomly trying to impress Mara. Now he's like, something happened to him directly. And so he's like, oh, yeah, I don't like that guy. So <laughs> there you go. But Beck wants to tell his friends the truth, but of course he can't. But then Tesla addresses the whole city of Argon in a big town square, and he blames the whole thing on the renegade. He's like, the renegade was drilling. The renegade caused the explosion. I came just in time and saved you all. Argon City, I am your savior. The renegade is the villain. Just a huge liar. Some great crowd shots here. I mean, they're really hard on animators' crowd shots, but there's a good variety of faces. Mm. And there's a scrolling there's a scrolling banner around the top of the, the uh, of the arena that says "Perfection is freedom," which is just pretty nice. That's such I, a Tesla. Oh uh, yeah, I I don't know why that line really struck with me. Stuck with me because it's just so you kind of you just left the thinking. Wait, what? What do you mean by perfection, though? It, there's something so yeah unsettling about it. Yeah. So it's like perfection is freedom, but non-perfection is imprisonment. Mm. <laughs> uh, I'm not perfect. Uh oh, you know, like so. I think it's a it's a double-edged thing there. But the crowd seems to love it. The crowd loves Tesla. They're like, "Yay! Thank you, savior!" And Tron and Beck are watching up in the shadows. In some scaffolding, not too far away. Batmaning, if you will. Batmaning, if you will. <laughs> peeking, peeking from a remote. Uh, yeah, I'm a remote table, you know, building top somewhere. Yeah, and that brings us to the end of that episode. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the bike race action was super awesome. That was a lot of fun. I think. Uh, well, not just yet, but I probably, I'm trying to remember me watching this about 10 years ago. It was probably somewhere around here that I did start to get invested. The first three episodes I do remember was a sort of, eh, but I kept going with it because people kept telling me to keep going with it. 
yeah they do a good job with the a and b subplots uh and they do you know a good job with the overarching sort of storyline that goes throughout the whole episode but yeah you're right those first few up ep- maybe that's why they didn't air the first episode for a while because it's kind of a slow a slow burn the first two episodes really seem episodic mm. right whereas like everything's just all back to normal except for poor Bodhi who got killed yeah. in the first episode but then in uh, he, now now we're getting into like okay like you said Zed's got a reason to hate the renegade page might be compassionate there's some hints being dropped for future changes and so you start to get a little more invested now yeah i guess that's the thing is there's got to be some sort of emotional stakes and there's got to be some character tension there and you got to have a sense of oh this could go somewhere interesting yeah yeah which this uh this episode definitely had thank you for joining us for this episode of animatronic I've been Duncan Shields. And I have been Courtney Colson. And tune in next time for another episode of Animatronic. End End of of line. line.